What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David L, and Dave Edwards. At the ready, sir. At the ready. 100%. I feel like I have to tell everyone that I'm feeling. Um, Slightly under the weather. You've had a bit under of a the flu yeah, period. I was say run of the mill. I'm feeling run of the mill and under the weather. Sir, I think you're an absolute cinematic trooper still to show up to pop your head out your foxhole and still run up. And dodge the enemy bullets and not just, you know, stay under your duvet. I respect that greatly. Yeah, well, you know, it's a pos- it's a weekly podcast. I didn't want to let down the uh, listeners. So here I am in my dressing gown. Hugely appreciate And it's a wonderful dressing gown. It's got a Roger Moore silk Japanese theme to it, which I'm loving. Do you mind the belt coming undone? Not at all. Let it just naturally flop open. It's not a problem at all. How are you, David? Not bad. Um, I'm up for having some cinematic chat. Uh, if the energy is a bit low level with your good self, I'm happy to meet you halfway with that. It's just two chaps chewing the filmic cob. And I stopped doing film metaphors because uh, just be normal, be yourself, Dave. No, no, I like it. No, people, well, people being normal, be yourself is is coming up with the, the, the metaphors, isn't it? Is Very like, true. Don't outthink yeah. yourself. Don't overthink yeah. it. So let's chew the sweet corn cob. Absolutely. Of cinema. Of cinema, of <laughs> Tinseltown. Definitely. How how has your uh, cinema week been? It's, it hasn't been bad at all. So on Friday, I saw the new uh, Emerald Fennell um, film. Uh, Emerald Fennell is a big British film director. She's a female British film director who's had quite an impressive career. She started off with, um, uh, gosh, I'm terrible on her with these. <laughs> what a nightmare. It is Every quite week. a disaster. I know it's absolute disaster. Uh, that's all right. This is what we like about you. 
uh, right, I'm looking at the absolute beginnings of her career. That's why I'm sort of um, slightly... Uh... Oh, God, what a disaster. Well, I thought she was on... Um, what's it called? It was those... Uh, you made um... her up. God, I might as well have. What disaster. <laughs> what she started on. Um, yes, there we go. I apologise. Okay, so let's begin. You know, um, she had a no, very we, big... We, we'll begin, we began five minutes ago. A- absolutely. And if you could have uh, been ready, Edwards, ten minutes ago, that would have been absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Basically, she had a part in Call the Midwives, the very popular ITV show. Midwife. Uh, Call the midwife. There you go. Even though I've got it in front of me on a computer screen, still struggling. Very worrying. I like call the midwives. Um, Call the midwife. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, she had a role in that. Sorry, Emerald. Um, Yeah. So, absolutely. It's basically um, her name is Emerald Fennell. Yeah. And then alongside that, she wrote a lot of novels in between seasons of Call the Midwife. Then after that, she got the role of. she got who's the, who's the um oh i give up i'm going back to bed. oh this is a disaster i really apologize <laughs> i've got out of bed for this this is a complete disaster for the keep positive keep positive and uh, so she had a big acting career and she was writing novels in a part time. Then she got the opportunity to do a film called Promising Young w- Woman. Sorry, David, is she an actor or a director? Well, that's the thing. She's a, um, a king of many filmic trades in the sense that she's a novelist. She's an actress. She's a writer. She's what a director. Wow. Uh, see, that's the point I was trying to make. But unfortunately, my memory is so scrambled like um oh my god she's done loads yeah she's done loads it's fascinating kerry mulligan starred in promising young women if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth watching and it was the big it got nominated for some oscars and it did really well at the sundance film festival and she was pegged as being like the next female tarantino so what's this film called that she's made uh, so she made promising young women with kerry mulligan that was a big big hit what's got the one we watched on oscars. friday and um the next one, she's this is a second one, and it's called Saltburn. And oh, it's is that basically with the guy with from Banshees in it. It is, yeah. Barry um Canoan, is that how do you pronounce his name? I'm going back to bed. Oh, what a disaster. Dear God, can I join you? Is it Not Keegan? It is Keegan. It is Keegan. Yeah, definitely. And um, he basically is basically set in Oxford University. He comes from a sort of upper, I'd say upper working class, lower middle class family. And he's managed to get into Oxford University. And, you know, he wants to climb the ladder. Uh, But he's a very oddball character. And one of the uh, very rich students puts him under his wing and um, kind of uh, befriends him, but finds um, the Barry King character quite kind of uh, a bit of an oddball, but finds him entertaining from afar. And uh, the Barry Keegan character really embraces his new friend on the Oxford University campus, sees it as an opportunity to climb the ladder, and he takes him home. Uh, the Barry Keegan character to um, God, I hope he is called Keegan because we're certainly going for it. Oh my God, I know. Take them the um, the new friend takes him home to his large manor called Saltburn, and um, basically, I don't want to go any further than that. But it's like um, it's basically talented Mister Ripley esque. 
he starts lying about his background to find himself more entertaining and interesting with this new upper-class elite group that he's got him with and uh, to try and make him more uh, fascinating so he's not pushed out of this group and he's seen the manner his new friend lives in and it's absolutely enormous and it's a very talented Mr. Ripley-esque almost like beat by beat this guy who becomes obsessed with this other guy who's of a higher class and uh, like talented Mr. Ripley he wants to climb the ladder and there was a lot of hype on this film because her last movie was a massive success what was her last uh, film sorry um promising young women with uh, carrie mulligan and carrie mulligan is in this very briefly at the beginning quite amusingly there's some really good bits so when you actually meet the rich guy's parents um played by richly grant and rosemary pike they're very eccentric highly rich you know um can't connect with their emotions and they are very very amusing it's really well uh uh, executed performance with great lines also the actual manor house itself is filmed brilliantly but then i would say the second act of the sorry i'd say halfway through the film yeah in the second act it reveals um there's revelations that you usually get in the third act and there's twists that you usually get in the third act and that's great for a script because at that point it's like well i don't know where this is going now you've almost fired the final bullets well, so sure, it this is right up your straws oh yeah 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 absolutely i was like oh right okay this is very early you know um for that character to be exposed or that to happen to that character i even looked at my watch in the cinema you know where are we going with this and um but it just the twists in front of you are so cliched. It's unbelievable. Oh, wow. David, you looked very disappointed with this, with the cliche twists. The thing is, it's not just disappointed, it's confused. Whereby I feel it was not... Because I think sometimes I'll put my hand up and say, okay, it's not my taste, but I know there's people out for it, up for this stuff. But it was more objective. It was just like, well, this is literally just a beat by beat expectation of something like talented Mr. Ripley. It doesn't do anything new. I think the problem lies that Amazon financed this. And Amazon and Apple are so hungry to be as equally respected as a big studio that they basically throw blank checks at these new up-and-coming directors or classic directors like Martin Scorsese. And the scripts do not go through the same amount of drafts. They almost just say, if you come with us, we'll give you a large slice of money and pure creative freedom because we want your name next to our, you know, uh, streamer brand. Because that script, you know, it just didn't do anything new. After, um, I'd say the first hour is good. You get introduced to the characters. It's interestingly shot. Kerry Mulligan turns up as an interesting character who's um, visiting Saltburn for a, for a, a slice of the film. But then when it's less about the characters and it's right, now we need to go into plot twist thriller mode. And she does a lot of revelations very early. You think to yourself, okay, this is going to be interesting. But it just... You are being brutal this week. I would just say I think most people that second that second half of the film it just ticks off just such an it's like a um, you know uh, a fire and safety drill you need to do this 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 and this do you know what I mean it's as simple as that it's just like there was nothing I don't quite understand all you can think is the producers were just like yeah we just want your name next to Amazon so just come aboard and also I felt the last last scene which obviously I'm not going to say what it is 
uh, was just trying too hard. It was trying too hard to do something just a bit out there, a bit quirky. And um, it, it's it's real, I would say, um, as they say it with bands, don't they? They call it the difficult second album. I would definitely say that 100%. I think she was just given too much auteur privilege. And I could be wrong, do you know what I mean? Well, your dif- difficult second album is ex- explaining what you ate whilst you watched it. 100%. I think if I sat down there and said what I ate, um, even now, I don't know if it was a crumpet or a muffin. I couldn't 100% tell you. It was one of those oh, circular... Oh, you watch it at the cinema? Oh, no, no, I thought you meant what I ate now, as in just before the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> no, sorry. What you ate in the um, watching it. What I ate uh, whilst watching it was I had another round of Belgian dark chocolate waffles, even though they made me quite sick a fortnight ago. I still slipped under the duvet with them, knowing that they uh, they absolutely ruined me last time. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And Ryan, went with Ryan? Absolutely, my uh, capadre sat next to me. But was it busy in there? Um, yes, it was. It was. Um, it was quite a mixture. For some reason, there was a lot of elderly people there, and they were very confused by it. When I was in what the toilet, elderly often, people eat in the cinema. What do they eat? They're usually very quiet, although they do like the odd boiled sweets that you hear knocking against their dentures every now and then during quiet dialogue scenes. But it's usually your... Um, t- no, you don't, do you? Oh, I do, definitely. What? Clack, clack, clack. Click, click, clack, clack. They do like a boiled sweet or a fox classic every now and then. Fox is classier. Cl- fox is classier. It's not called a fox classic? Is that a I biscuit? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Dear, dear me. What is a Fox classic? That's your classic travel suite from the 80s, isn't it? Oh, is it? The, the, the animated Fox. Oh, it says here, Fox's classic uh, selection of biscuits. Oh, right. That's absolutely bizarre. I don't mean that. I mean the boiled sweets. Do see if there's a Fox boiled sweet travel suite, because if not, I've just completely... Travel suite. Fox, yeah, Fox. Fox travel... Yeah, the original travel suite. Oh, no, Simpkins, Butterscotch travel suites. Oh, Glacier Fruits, Fox's Glacier Fruits. Thank God they do exist. I haven't just suddenly forced those out into my own reality. That'd be very worrying. Um, Right, so uh, anything happened at the cinema while you were there worth mentioning? Anything happened in the cinema that was worth mentioning... Um, no, I had a nice chat with one of the ushers. Did you going into the actual cinema? Yeah, absolutely. About uh, both of us, I just thought um, it was good staff on this week. You know, very much good eye contact. I had to wait. Do you, do you recognise the same ones from last week? No, bizarrely, I just think God, this is this is a large crew because I don't recognise many of them. But this chap was very much a bit of um, bit of banter at the door type of thing. He's also looking forward to Napoleon. And um, had a chat about the weather. I thought that went quite well. What sort of banter do you have with him? Not too heavy, nice balance. Jamie, it's simple as that. You know, not too much sugar, not too much milk. The perfect cup of tea. Absolutely. I've only bantered to him once because, as I say, they all seem to be different each week. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to banter with a 17-year-old. I wasn't 17. He was uh, like 27, 28, so a bit more mature. Yeah. Okay, well, everybody... Um, I'm going to have a guess at how many choc ices David's going to give Saltburn. Was Barry Keegan good in it? I hope that's his name. <coughs> Barry Keegan was extremely good. The cast in no way was poor. 
The other thing that wasn't great is that his character is completely insane. There's no... It's like talented Mr. Ridley. Yes, Matt Damon is psychotic. But at least there's some... You know, you do at, at points feel sorry for him. There's one scene in this film. I, I won't tell you what it is, but it's completely demented. Completely demented. And it's a one shot, one take. Happens near a grave. And I was sat there... And um, there was an OAP in the background who actually made it, oh, sounds. It was that kind of, um, I just thought after that, I mean, like, you know, the script writers always say you need to kill the, save the cat moment, not kill the cat, save the cat moment where you like the character. There's something relatable because he's not, a, he's not Blofeld. He's not a villain that pops in and out of it. You're with him the whole time. So there's got to be something there. But after this scene, you were like, no, you are completely nuts with a Z at the end. Oh, nuts. With a, why with a Z at the end? Because it's a bit gangster. It's a bit dark. It's a bit ruthless. Okay, so I've I've had a guess how many chocolate ices out of five you're going to give salt to burn. Um, so whilst you're listening, everybody, if you can have a little guess how many chocolate ices David's going to give it. So, David, over to you. How many chocolate ices... Out of five, are you going to give the new movie or film Salt Burn? At two point five. Mama. There you go, Captain. I enjoyed the first half, but the second half was just um, a confused formulaic. wasn't wasn't a mess. It was just what it was. Jimmy, just like so chuffed. I got that. Absolutely. Keep that tattooed on your hand. I feel like you really enjoyed that movie. And then that last half hour really pissed you off. Last hour, more last like. Last hour? Yeah, oh. I'd say. Right. It, was a, it was more like, um, I was more confused than anything. I was just like, well, yeah, that is what you'd expect from one of these talented Mr. Ripley-esque obsessed movies. like Cable Guy. It's like a subgenre in itself. And it ticks off every box. It's basically like... Um, she didn't bother finishing the second half. She just got chat GPT to do it for her. You know, it's just like an AI algorithm just slotted in and completed the second half because it was just so formulaic. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's new movie review. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. David Edwards. So, David, got any movie news this week? Uh, well, one big piece of movie news that's that's very significant is that um, Pedro Pascal, you know, from uh, The Last of Us, Mandalorian, there's talk that he's um, potentially going to be uh, Mr. Fantastic in a new Fantastic franchise. Because uh, basically Marvel are having to um, rejig all their films because um, the Marvels, the big Marvel film that came out last week, really did bomb at the box office. And they're now saying that these comic book movies have potentially, you know, have met their absolute limits. So that'll be the end of them. Well, I mean, they're hoping not so because they put low Disney put loads of money into it. Okay, David, here's a question. 
Here's a question. If if these superhero movies have died or can't reach their end, what direction will cinema take? Definitely, it goes without saying, I think the replacement, and it's not me being clever, it's just look at the box office, is video game adaptations. So Five Nights at Freddy's was incredible. Even though like Five Nights at Freddy's and Mario got very lukewarm reviews, Mario got no more than... I don't think anyone gave Mario four... They've gone on to gross an enormous amount of money at Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, that's Jason Bloom's highest grosser so far. And Jason Bloom's made loads of films, Insidious, Purge, um, Paranormal Activity. So for that to come out on top for him is incredible. And Mario obviously grossed over a billion. So, And they've got the Zelda film coming out. You're going to have a lot more video game adaptations. Mm, okay. Because those those kids who have grown up playing them, they're now of an older age. There's a bigger generation. Video games aren't just seen as toys. They're beginning to be seen as more of an art form. And um, I think, you know, and also Last of Us, that's TV. But that was a massive hit for HBO. I think that synergy with video games and film and TV um, will definitely dominate in a big, big way. But Marvel are, are panicking to the extent that um, the, one of the big Avengers team-ups is going to be Secret Wars, and that plays around with parallel universes a lot. And there's already t- talk that they're going to try and get Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans back for that. And a lot of people say that's almost just admitting defeat. That you're just going to try and get back the original cast of those early Avenger films when it was so popular. Were you into video games? Yes and no. I... Um, yeah, growing up I was. Yeah, I don't even know why I questioned that, really. What age did you sort of fall out of love? I don't think I did, really. I think, because um, I, I go in and out of it. Like, Last of Us, I got really into that. But do you play video games? Oh, yeah, God, yeah. I've stream, I stream video games. I've got PlayStation uh, on my PC. You can stream you? PlayStation. Yeah, gosh, so Last of Us... Uh, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I'll, I'll definitely... But I go in and out of it. It depends, but I'll definitely... Um, and I was into it as a kid. Game Boy, uh, SNES, the Have Cube. you played any recently? What have I played recently? Uh, Spider-Man 2 on the PS5. You've got a PS5? I haven't got a PS5, but a friend has, and I played that a lot. And a lot of virtual reality games I played as well. If you had to come up with a video game uh, set in a biscuit world what would it be called and what and what would the biscuit be um the what would it be a biscuit i'd literally create myself or one that already exists up to you um it would be called uh biscaro and the idea is you enter into a world through a parallel door into biscaro and it's a world whereby Everything is made out of, um, well, I was about to say everything's made out of biscuits. That's ridiculous. That's really lazy. The economy is a biscuits. People trade biscuits instead of money. You're Simple as that. This really seriously. Well, I just heard myself just eat biscuits. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's basically instead you trade of trade biscuits. Absolutely. A jammy donut would be like a 50 pence. What's a, uh, a, what's a 50 quid note? A 50 quid note would be a, um, uh, Mint Imperial. That's incredible, you just saying that. That's literally what I was about to say. You would take it out of the little kind of paper wallet and hand it over to the cabbie and say, there you go, have 50 quid, that's for you and your wife. Except you just eat it. Yeah, that, that'd be the fear, wouldn't it, that you would what start would be a getting one peckish. Penny? 
one penny biscuit? Uh, a one penny 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 biscuit would be your old uh, ginger snap. Your your, your ginger um, it's not a ginger snap, isn't it? Ginger, I can't remember now. But um, what's it? Just a ginger. What, what is it? What was that one? Can't remember my biscuit. I tell you, it's Sunday afternoon. I'm just liking. What about a twenty p? Twenty p would be a chocolate digestive. At ten p. Would just be a digest. One p would just be a digestive, wouldn't it? Yeah, rich tea. One p would be a digestive. Yeah, rich tea. Um, Ten p would be um, a digestive with like currants in it. You can get. David, if I said you um, lend us a tenner, what would you give me? uh, Hobnob, classic. There you go. Have one of those. I bring out my wallet, and suddenly I look at it and realise it's just full of crumbs because I'd sat on it. I just think that's ten quid down the drain. Uh, Gary Baldy would be um, checkbook. I don't think there's enough. Yeah, perhaps um, not much. That I don't think there's, there's any room for it. Really, I think the economy's kind of. I haven't had a Gary Baldy for ages. A Gary Baldy would be like a one pound coin, wouldn't it? Really? I think so. Yeah, I do hold it in some high stead. And for me, it's a chocolate hobnob one pound coin. Oh no, a chocolate hobnob for me would be a fiver at least. You're going to note. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is Biscaro created by <laughs> Absolutely. This is how they work in Hollywood. Oh, you know, you've got to create the world. <coughs> this is Biscaro created by David Edwards. New on the PS. Oh, okay. So that's the news then. I'm I don't know why I'm not as um I'm more excited by video game movies than than the superhero ones. I've got no attachment to the superhero world. I think a Zelda one might be interesting. That's got potential. Definitely, it's got this. Got what a was, very. What was the Tomb Raider like? I haven't seen the most recent one. Um, there's been loads, isn't it? Angelina Jolie was in, um, I think, two of them. Then right. they rebooted it again. But also Amazon are doing a TV series of it. Gods of War, that's got a big Amazon show coming up. And um, they're good, those stories. Looking at mythology, Greek mythology. Would they bother with Red Dead? Would they bother with Red Dead? I've never heard of it. And I've never heard of um, Rockstar doing anything with Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 6 is obviously coming out very soon, isn't it? The trailer for that um, premieres in December, apparently. But I'm amazed they've never done a GTA. Maybe because it's already based on gangster films. But I thought yeah. that's got real potential, I thought, for some kind of spin-off. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. Thank you, Captain. Thank you. David Edwards Random Movie Review (laughs) So, it's this week's Random Movie Review Hello. I can't. Oh, Hello. Mandy. Hello. Hello. You're right. Yes, thank you. What are you eating? A toffee. What is she eating? Toffee. Oh, like a toffee yeah, chew. Yeah, toffee chew. Would oh, you like nice. some? Nice for her. Oh, you thank you. Some? Yeah. Oh, there really? How many you got left? Oh, three. Oh, thank you very much. That's all right. Mm. Mm. Nice, aren't they? <laughs> toffee chew. Very. Goodness mm. me, I wonder what a toffee chew would be in Biscaro money. 
Oh, so either one for me. Tomorrow. I'm quite peckish. Yeah, yes, okay, that'd be fine. That'd be fine, yeah. yeah. Toffee chew and a 7.30 meeting. Freya, what are you doing at 7.30? More toffee chews? Or? Oh, there we go. Well, her and her fiancé are coming round. I thought the hoover was gone. The hoover had dropped He hasn't her. gone. No, no, no. no. They're, They're back. back. God, how cliché. Talking about cliché films. Got clichéd relationships now. You rude now, man. We? You rude man. You are really poisonous. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> people are just trying to poke me, giving out... We're not poison. trying to poke you. No. Uh, you I asked them out if they wanted... You have a toffee chew. No, that's... I know that's, that's toxic. That's what the Americans call toxic. I'm his best man. What? Yeah. Are they married now? I can't. They get can't married. Get, right, okay. Fair, I thought they'd gone on their honeymoon at one point. Oh, I've lost the prop threads now, this one, but whatever happens, it's you a toxic relationship. You don't listen anyway. She just said you don't listen anyway. You never do. Because I know a lot of it's designed just to uh, give me brain damage, babe. Simple I, as that. What? I know what it's there for. Don't it's not call for me babe. Over. It's for me, really. Deep, deep so down. Don't call me babe. Sucker. Well, I won't do that. That's the last time I call you babe. Babe. There you have that. That's a, that's a right hook you, you expect. You horribly poisonous man. Okay, this week's random movie review. Chosen. Well, not chosen by Mandy, but it appeared in her belly. You chose it. Blindfolded. What was it? Vertigo. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring Jimmy Stewart. Oh, okay. Explain a monster. Yeah, so Alfred Hitchcock's Foco. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, basically, it's about a former San Francisco police detective who juggles wrestling with his personal demons and becoming obsessed with the hauntingly beautiful woman he has been hired to trail. Who, he, um, who may be deeply disturbed. So basically, you see him at the beginning of the film uh, chasing after criminals on rooftops where he has an accident. And um, But during the accident, he also um, develops a vertigo, the fear. And uh, then he's taken off as a police officer. But then he's given a job, a private job, um, to follow this mega-rich businessman's wom- uh, wife. Not woman, dear God, wife. And because um, he's paranoid, she's she's having a breakdown slash having an affair. And um, as Jimmy Stewart follows her, he becomes um, somewhat enchanted by her and slightly obsessed, to say the least. Um, I won't go any further than that because um, there's lots of choice, particularly a midpoint choice, which is quite a classic choice. But um, it's well performed, really well filmed. They filmed it using VistaVision, which back then was almost like the IMAX of the 50s. So very wide panoramic shots, very uh, rich colours. It's filmed around San Francisco. It was made in 58. And um, it it was definitely a sort of a blank check Hitchcock moment where they just gave him what he wanted, basically. What was the film prior to this? Was the... um, I don't know. You've caught me off. Here we go. Let's have a look. Um, I don't. I think he'd done Birds and Psycho by then. I'm pretty sure he'd done a lot of the classic. Um, sorry, pal. I'm going to have to have a, a, a look. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, is this annoying me? Uh, no, your internet's gone terrible. You there? Oh, has it really? Yeah. 
Oh no, what a nightmare. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's okay now? It's okay now? Or not? Um, I was just sort of hoping it was going to clear itself up, but... Um... Oh, God. Oh, for fuck's sake, is it really messed up again? We'll have to stop there and I'll have to get back. Fucking hell, it's so annoying, isn't it? Sorry, mate, I apologise. When when what was the film made prior to Vertigo? You might have to have a look, not me, because um, oh. I, I don't have my mouse connected. I do apologise. I do know that the film after this was Psycho. So Fifty Eight, you did Vertigo. This didn't do well in the cinema. Vertigo, people found it too low. So, sorry, too long, not low, long. And um, Psycho came out in nineteen sixty, and Psycho was a lot more shorter. It was cutting edge. But also, um, it helped no, David, punch. The next film, the next film was North by Northwest. Then was it Psycho after that? Yeah, right. Okay, the, the film pre prior to it was The Wrong Man. Right. Okay. There you go. Jimmy Stewart film as well. But with Vertigo, it was definitely him going into alter territory and being a bit more creative and experimental with his style. It's a lot longer. Jimmy Stewart plays a far darker character as he becomes obsessed with the female. But sorry, I should have worked that out um, where it was in his pantheon of work. I do apologise. Um, let's have a little listen to a clip from Vertigo. Absolutely. Small scenes, the fragments of the mirror. You remember those? Vaguely. What do you remember? There's a, a room. And I sit there alone. Always alone. What else? Grave. Where? I don't know. It's an open grave and I... I stand by the gravestone looking down into it. It's my grave. But how do you know? I know. But is there a name on the gravestone? No. No, it's, it's new and clean and waiting. What else? This part is dream, I think, there. There's a tower and a bell in the garden below. It seems to be in Spain. A village in Spain. It's often it's gone. Portrait. Do you see a portrait? No. If I could just find the key, the beginning, and and, and put it together, I... so explain it away. There is a way to explain it. You see. If I'm mad, that would explain it, wouldn't it? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I don't want to die. There's someone within me, and she says I must die. 
Scotty, don't let me go. I'm here. I've got you. I'm so afraid. David, were you excited about sitting down and watching it? And did you eat anything that would uh, uh, sort of ruffle our feathers? Um, do you know what? I never really eat any food while I was watching no. it on the laptop. I'm more into my right. beverages. So it will be uh, hot chocolates or a cup of tea. Simple as that. Oh, my God. If I can just jump in here, because I've just remembered. Did you have your gin night watching The Killer? Um, yes, we did. Did you tell him that you watched The Killer? Um, no, I didn't. Simple as that. So, you know, those who don't know about this, it's a case of... Um... Very quickly, as a diversion, did you enjoy The Killer the second time round? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll save that for Patreon, that little... Um, I'd like to just get to know... How that went, the old gin. I, I don't have much happened really. We sort of sat there, watched it out of gin, and went to our separate rooms, shook hands in the hallway. <laughs> well, we'll see. I always imagine like you put some music on afterwards and just <laughs> 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 yeah. Flintstones uh, boxer shorts type of thing. Fred and Barney. So did you? In- Fred and Barney on each side of the pants. Just a- did you? I think I had Fred and Barney jeans. I, I had Fred and Barney jeans, absolutely. They were really popular, bizarrely. I had a pair of Fred and Barney yeah, jeans. I think I did. Did you enjoy Vertigo? Absolutely. Let's focus on what we're doing. Vertigo, basically, um, it's a film that didn't do very well in the cinema in the 50s, uh, but now it's very much hailed as a classic. So there was a documentary that came out recently, Truffaut, about Truffaut, the director, French director, interviewing Hitchcock. And um, it's a really well-known book where Hitchcock really goes into his style of filmmaking, interviewed by Truffaut. And there was a documentary about it recently, and all the big film directors came on to say how it was a book that inspired them, Wes Anderson, Scorsese, David Fincher. And they all reference Vertigo. Less Birds, Psycho, North by Northwest. And it's like the um, Sight and Sound, I think, called it like, the number two film ever a few years ago. Um so it was very why interesting. I, why Why did it not grab me when I watched it, when I love his other movies? Well, I've, there's a lot of merit there, but it's quite slow in pace. I would say, like, Psycho has got such a quick delivery. You know, it's like an hour and a half. Bang. I saw Psycho again recently, and it felt like it was edited and paced like a Netflix movie. You know, it didn't hang around. It's really straight to it. And it's interesting that Psycho came out after Vertigo, because in many ways, Psycho is still experimental. The idea of the main character dying so early on. It's got loads of, you know, interesting points. But I think you could tell that the audience needs to be occupied and engaged consistently. Because Vertigo, I mean, the cinematography is amazing. Jimmy Stewart perhaps acts against type. So I think the audience back then found that a bit alienating. But for me, I found it interesting. Um, and also, the cinematography is amazing. Like the dolly zoom, that's where that was um, perfected, that was later used in Jaws, obviously, when um, Brody's on the beach. But um, basically, um, Hitchcock came up with that as an Do idea. Do you want to explain that? 
explain what that is for people absolutely when the background zooms in and out and it almost becomes distorted so you're tracking in but zooming out or vice versa and it creates a hyper real effect usually when a character's having a realization or in this when jimmy stewart is actually suffering with vertigo during the classic church scenes or the opening scene when he's being chased on the roofs and that opening of vertigo i've never realized that it's shot by shot using the matrix do you remember when Carrie Ann Moss is chased over the roots, uh, over the roofs by the agents? It's exactly filmed with the same tracking shot of Vertigo. I've watched so many films since Matrix, like Ghost in the Shell uh, and uh, Vertigo. It's just like, well, that literally is the Matrix. I mean, it's only what Tarantino does. It's postmodern filmmaking, isn't it? You're referencing other texts. But blimey, it's like the opening to the Matrix is like, vertigo chase scene and then an agent leaps in the air and lands on his knee and it's exactly like ghost in the shell it's quite a interesting element of different filmmaking styles but um definitely uh the the music is also absolutely amazing uh when you sing it um i can't sing it but it's kind of like um a ghostly kind of vibe in the background can we can we hear like I wish I could remember it to actually just improvise it after. Almost like mermaid singing across the um, the San Francisco sea. Absolutely whistling through their teeth. Sort of Enya, but after after marijuana. Enya after having a marijuana, so it's like chilled Enya. Maruenya. Maruenya, which is an amazing uh, concoction you can get in a drug lab. If, if you and I were in a boat heading towards some rocks and there were some sirens, but they look like Hollywood beauties, who would they be calling you in? What movie stars would they be? Yeah. Um, I th- Definitely Marilyn Monroe, fresh from the... Um, Barbers. Oh, oh Marilyn Monroe, fresh from the Fresh from the barbers. Fresh from the barbers. So that bop, <laughs> that, that blonde bop is almost like a lighthouse. Really? And what, any uh, Hollywood act, actresses from recent times? Perhaps next to uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon. So you've got two. Why not three blondes on a bloody rock? I know it's a bit sexist. Three blondes on a bloody rock, and that proxide blondness is like a lighthouse guiding me away from the waves. So Marilyn Monroe, Monroe Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, and Pamela Anderson. I don't think I'll go Charlie Theron. I'm going to be controversial. Fair enough. And um, like the um, uh, the Fenfertels, they are unknowingly they're guiding me into the rocks. David, did you like Vertigo? I would say... Oh, um, don't tell us, actually. Let's guess, and then we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to guess how many Chalk Ice is out of One thing five. I'll also say, the opening credit sequences are really impressed by um, Saul Bass. You can tell how a lot of Hitchcock films inspire Bond. Those, like, right. sexy openings with lots of, like, meta-symbology is like the opening of a Bond film. By Saul Bass. I hadn't said the word symbology since A-level English. Goodness, mate. We should use it every now and then. I do with parking ticket attendants and people behind shopping. You know, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I do it day to day. It's a good one to get out of your back pocket. Right. I've had a guess how many chalk ices out of five you're going to give Vertigo. So, David, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give Vertigo? 
I would give it four out of five. Everything's there, just slow pacing. Yeah, three point five. You are just. I gave it. I gave it three point five. Okay, four. I was going to go four. That's just okay. a slice of chocolate off the old choc ice. I think simple as that. It's all there. Did you enjoy it? Um, you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it in places. It just felt Why'd overly long. Why did you give it long. four then? Um, because when it's good, it's really good. I think I was really invested at the beginning. The ending was really good. It left me on a high. Good twist at the end. But the middle bit, definitely, I was kind of like, this is going very slow. Where are we going with this? But I think on the whole, definitely, there's a hell of a lot of merit there. And when I was engaged, I was fully like, oh, this is a classic. I can see how this has inspired other films. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that you know there's some really strong elements, and um, Jimmy Stewart's character is very three dimensional. Love, I love him. Oh, he's oh, absolutely super. And um, I thought it's Cary Grant in it. No, no, no. That's North by Northwest. So that's yeah, the other thing yeah. with the Bond thing. You can also say that North by Northwest was a big influence upon the James Bond films. You look back on these Hitchcock films, and you can see how it's influenced so many movies, even like sci-fi with Matrix, Bond movies, mm. endless. Oh. Well. Well, thank you very much, David, for this week's random movie review. Not a problem, sir. Not a problem at all. David Edwards. Movie tips. David, um, got any movie tips? I certainly have. Um, just to make sure, I have not spoken about Project Greenlight, have I? Project Greenlight, I'm just making sure I haven't referenced that before, but it's an important one to be aware of. Pod- Project Greenlight is a TV show that was first started by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And it has been reintroduced again by HBO. And it gives uh, filmmakers an opportunity you win a competition you give in an idea for a short film and then they give you the opportunity to actually turn it into a feature film and distribute it in cinemas and it's come back it's the fourth season now there was a massive gap in between and they're focusing on female directors for this one matt damon and ben affleck aren't involved with this particular one and um but they did the original three which you can find on youtube and if you're a fan of filmmaking it's utterly fascinating they go through the whole process in detail but um hbo put one episode on youtube i don't know if it's still on there now but it will come out on sky very very soon right so what are we watching in the show so basically you get um a group of five female directors all around basically that the world can enter the competition um, you can download a script and you film one scene from the script. They then whose who's script is it? Um, I don't know. It's no one famous. It's a production right. company script in Hollywood. Okay, so right. it's a, pro- a proper production company in Hollywood, and also HBO backed as well. And um, the script is given out to the um, to the world, and then somehow they go through all these videos and they select five female directors who are then given another script to film and then pitch. So you get a scene that they filmed and then they pitch the entire film and then they decide upon um, which female director they're going to go with to actually direct the movie and turn the scene 
um, from uh, the scene that they've um, been given to film into an entire feature film. So you see the whole pre-production, you see the production, post-production, and all the dramas on set. So I mean, one drama that was really big on this particular one was that the HBO documentary team who were doing the reality TV show were dominating the film more than the actual crew. So they were asking for like reshots that weren't even connected to the making of the film just to help the reality TV show. So it's very transparent. And also you just get a real insight into um, production budget, um, uh, how to work with a cinematographer, how important the editor is. Um, and there's two occasions where she finds it so intense, so much pressure. She's like, you know, isn't sleeping at all because of the work days that um, she just drives off and the credits come up on the screen and she says she's just gone AWOL again type of thing. So it is very, very intense. And also you get the idea of how um, everyone's nice to your face, but then there's like political changes in the background. Nothing too toxic. It's a reality show. But you do think to yourself, you were a lot more positive in the meeting with the filmmaker. But now in the background, you've demanded changes off camera. If you were going to um, sort of apply for the next Project Greenlight and it was female directors again, so you had to wear a wig like a blonde curly wig, who would you be called? Oh, I think I've, I've always said that I always have that kind of female persona in my head, which is Diane Redwoods. And it really would be the, um, the short blonde Bob and, um, that kind of, uh, can I be, can I be working Matt Damon working for project Greenlight, and you come in. So we've picked you and we have to interview you for the, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I've done it in my head already. Okay. Can we bring Diane in please? Thank Hi. you. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me along. So, so appreciative. Please sit down. Thank you. It's nice to see gentlemen still exist. What do you, sorry, what do you mean? Well, these days in Tinseltown, um, the men have got better, but it was very much a rule, the, uh, the movie Roost with the Iron Male Fist. Oh, have you been out in Hollywood for a while then? I used to holiday here with my family. And where are you from originally? The UK, Britain, um, to be exact, uh, London, in the centre of things. Well, we were really impressed by your video, and um, wow, your high heels are high. Um, yes, well, uh, I do like a good stiletto. Well, so. <laughs> I think Diane Edwards is a fucking nightmare. But she would, um, <laughs> she would get the job done. She would get the job done. You would have to go home with her. But on the why don't we try and get you in there as Diane Edwards? Well, let's do it. Let's try and do it for crying out loud. Get me in a jumpsuit. Get that blonde rinse going, and let's. Um, Where's the jumpsuit? Oh, absolutely. With as you rightly say, a pair of stilettos. Vital. Oh, you know, you're going to turn some heads. God, well, that's the idea. That is the idea. Is it? Oh, absolutely. If you're in the middle of Tinseltown, Hollywood, you want to be the, the better of the ball. But what if you pull someone? What if you pull Jack Nicholson? Oh, this Nicholson? is true. I didn't think that far. <laughs> Imagine if you pulled Jack Nicholson and you started going out with him. Dear God. I know at some point he'd want to um, to eat the entire meal, though, wouldn't he? That's when it'd be problematic. <laughs> it'd be very much like, um, what's the Dustin Hoffman film, Tootsie? The 18th certificate. Eat the entire meal. Please. Well, David, that sounds great, Project Greenlight. 
No, it's definitely worth checking out. Please. Thank you so much for this week's Movie Tippies. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. David Edwards, Random Movie Right now, it's the random movie generator. Here we are. Here we go. Mandy is uh, purring in the background. Um, let's see. I feel like we've we've got you some uh, pretty good films. Oh, 100%. 100%. Massively. There haven't been any turkeys, have there, really? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. So, let us choose the genre of the first movie. Stop. Adventure. Wonderful. You can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. And now... The... Decade. Stop. 2010s. Please, Mandy, generate four adventure movies from the 2010s. Ah, she has done. Interestanto. Okay, so they're spinning around in her belly. Now it's time for you, David, to tell her when to stop spinning those movies. Stop. Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, I'd be very interested in that one. Definitely. Hunt for the Wilder People. I watched it recently. I'd be really, I'd like to definitely watch that. Okay, that's the first movie. Let us now choose the genre of the second movie. Stop. History. Oh, can't go wrong there. And the decade of the second movie. Stop. 2000s. Nice. Mandy, please generate four historical movies from the 2000s, please. She has done. And now it's time for you to tell her when to stop spinning those movies in her orange belly. Stop. Battle for Haditha. Blimey, what's that one? Battle for Haditha. Never heard of that in my life. Mm. Maybe I need to. Maybe that's what's missing in my life. investigation of the massacre of 24 men, women and children in Haditha, Iraq, allegedly shot by four US Marines. Gosh, okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting movies so far. Very. Never heard of that one, but it sounds cutting edge. Let's choose the genre of the third movie. Stop. Thriller. Ooh, can't go wrong with that. I do like that as a... Now, the decade. Stop. 2010s. Keeping it modern, keeping it contemporary. You've been very lucky, haven't you? It has to be said. But although sometimes the historic ones yeah. are better, aren't they? It stretches yourself a bit more. 
So Mandy has generated four thrilling movies from the 2000s. They're rolling around in her orange belly, and now it's time for you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. We die young. Well, that rings a bell. Who's in that one? Can you see on the bike? die young. I think it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right, a thriller might be wrong. Lucas, a 14-year-old boy inducted into the gang life in Washington, is determined that his 10-year-old brother won't follow the same path. And it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. All right, interesting. I think it looks like him. It might not be him. Interesting. Um, we die young. It is him. It is him. Okay, so it's Hunt for the Wilder People. It's Battle for Haditha. Or it's We Die Young. I've given them an A, a B, and a C. I've jumbled them up. Or have I? Yes, I have. Or have I? Yes, I have. Or have I? Indeed. Now it's over, now it's over to you, David, to choose which movie you are going to be reviewing next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C. B. We die young. There we go. Okay, you never know. A bit of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Do you know, you never know. Let's give it a go. 2010. You're happy with that, aren't you? Not really. I'm just putting on a smiling face. The wilderness people. I think. I mean, I, I've got no idea. I think it's going to be absolute shit. <laughs> Dig. Well, we'll, we will find out, Captain. There's only way is to put the eyeballs on the silver screen and see what it musters up for you. Right. I, I shouldn't be doing this. This is not fair. But there's, you know, on IMDb they have the little video clip of the film. Yes. And it's just playing, and you're like, I was like, oh, my God. But it might be all right. Do you know what? It'll be fun. I'm sure Jean-Claude Van Damme will do some punches. He'll it, come up with the goods in some vein, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, well, we die young, David. You've got to embrace it. Let's see where Jean-Claude's gone with his career. It's a thriller, so it might be a bit more than just an action fear. Fair type of thing. Fingers crossed. Well, are you ready to answer some patron quizzes? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much, everybody, for uh, listening this week. Please like and subscribe. It's re- Please share uh, and tell... tell but, well, it's up to you. It's your Oh, life. please, you. please, people. I, you know, ple- we beg. I'm on all fours like a cat. Yeah. Yeah, please, please, please. And utterly beg, beg, beg. Definitely. Because the more people who listen to this, the more chance David has leaving his job, and suddenly that's his. Job. He's a professional movie reviewer. God, not that I want to leave my job. I'm quite happy oh. with it. <laughs> it's got to be said. Don't want to, don't want to yeah. burn those bridges. What if, if they became incredibly successful? Good, I'll take them all with me. Simple yeah. as that. In a large okay, coach. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for this week's. Uh, uh, thanks for listening basically no thank you so much any subscription would be massively massively appreciated yeah cheers everyone thank you for your time